The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our coaching series. We've been having conversations with regard to our Wealth Start program. This is for you know young adults. And what we're going to be addressing today is where do you save first? You know, start in your career, you're working in your career, and all of a sudden it's like, what do I do with my money? Okay, I've, I've learned the process for saving. I know how to save, or I think I know how to save. What do I do first? And the reason why we say knowing the order of things and where to put your money first, it's critical to get it right. And the reason why I say it's critical to get it right is it's not uncommon for all of us that when we first start out in our career, we start out in a new job, that the first thing that we do is we come into human resources and they say, hey, fill out this paperwork and we get our benefits done and everything else. And for many of us, we're offered a savings program, often return, uh, referred to as a 401k or some other program, which is geared towards retirement. So all of a sudden we go, hey, sounds like a good idea. It's automatic. Let's put our money in. But for many people, that becomes one of their only forms of saving. We think that 401ks and retirement plans are terrific vehicles. But like anything else, it has to be done in the proper order. The challenge with it when it's not in the proper order is the following. So if the only level of saving that we have is a retirement account that we're doing at work. If we get into a bind, which is something happens with regard to the transmission on the car, um, a life event, I need to buy furniture because I bought a new home or whatever the case might be, where do I go to get the resources to pay for that? And then the answer becomes for many Americans, they go to credit cards. And once I get start going down the road of credit cards because of the high interest rates, I get into further and further debt. So on one side, what I'm doing is I'm trying to save for retirement, but on the other side is I'm burning off my ability to save anywhere else because I'm paying high interest rates and I'm putting my money in the wrong areas. So what we're going to suggest is, you know, we had a program previously, if you haven't heard it, you should listen to it, which is, you know, how to become a great saver. But as you become a great saver, we always say that the key really here is to really determine what bucket money belongs in. So it should be in either what we call a short-term bucket. Short-term bucket means that these are liquid accessible funds. They're available for emergencies. They're available for things that are coming up uh, that are both planned and unplanned, whether it be vacation. And these are funds that should be you know accessible without the risk of capital. So putting a short-term fund in stock or mutual fund or an ETF is not necessarily a good idea because based upon market volatility, it could be worth more or less each day. But putting it in a conservative investment when there's no risk of, of capital is a good idea. And we normally recommend for people that they should have anywhere from, you know, worst cases, you know, three times their monthly expenses set aside, but preferably anywhere for 12, I'm sorry, six to 12 months set aside for emergencies. And the whole purpose of having an emergency fund is that life events are going to happen. And if we're prepared for them, we're going to be okay. If we're not prepared for them, we're going to incur debt, we're going to have challenges, and our cost of accessing money when we are not prepared is going to be very high, creating a cost and a lost opportunity cost to us. So 
short-term money for emergencies and everything else. And then we go to what we call a midterm fund, which is a matter of having money for opportunities. So this midterm fund that we have for opportunities, you might wonder to yourself, what do you mean opportunities? You know, it's interesting. I always say is, you know, could you imagine that, you know, your local mall has a sale, all right, and everything is 90% off. And you find yourself in the mall and all of a sudden you realize you forgot your wallet. You don't have any credit cards. You don't have any cash. What, what use is a 90% sale when you have no access to funds? So what we always say is that you should have midterm funds, which we call an opportunity fund. And the reason being is if you ever want to open your own business, you want to own a home, you may have to pay for college at some point, or you might just see a great business opportunity that you want to take advantage of. So midterm funds should be funds that you put into investments that have the ability to grow. Um, they're growing, you know, they can be in stocks or bonds and mutual funds, but nothing too volatile where you're gonna have a lot of volatility. They can be in the bank, they could be insurance cash values. They can be in any area that you have access to them prior to retirement without tax and penalties. So you'll notice when I say without tax and penalties, I did that for a reason, which is a lot of people think that their retirement account, their 401k, that that is their opportunity fund. And that's not correct. See, if you take money out of a retirement account prior to normal retirement age, which is 59 and a half, it's subject to ordinary income tax and it's subject to a penalty. So those would be very expensive funds to access for an opportunity. And like I mentioned in the mall example is, and if I don't have available funds for opportunities, I'm never going to pay attention to when one comes along. So the recommendation is, is to make sure that you have a midterm bucket. And again, it could be stock, bond, mutual fund, something without a lot of volatility. We like cash in the bank. We like insurance cash values. Uh, we like all of those because then we could take advantage of opportunities when they're there. The last bucket that we have, which is a very important bucket, is that long-term bucket. It's the recognition that we do need to save money for the long-term because at some point in time, every single one of us are gonna stop working. And to stop working on our terms, which is referred to as retirement, okay, we're gonna need to accumulate a lot of capital because everything changes and it's gotta be our responsibility to take care of ourselves. And when I tell you everything changes, um, you're not going to go a day that goes by that you're not going to you know, hear of you know, uh, a pension fund, uh, a union, or even the federal government with regard to Social Security, that they're under a lot of pressure with regard to their funds. And the reason why they get under these pressure for funds is that you know, years ago, you know, people were retired 65 and they were expected to be gone in 10 years. We're living longer than we were before. Interest rates have been inherently low, so a lot of these different programs that are out are not investing their money all in stocks. They're putting them in safer investments in a low interest rate environment. So I'm having to pay for longer periods of time, earning less on the money. All of that makes it very challenging for long-term retirement programs to be sustainable financially. And so this isn't designed to scare you in any sense. It's just trying to make you 
more responsible to take responsibility for more of your long-term savings. So whatever you get elsewhere, Social Security, if you get a pension, you get anything, great. But if for some reason that's not enough or it's not the way you hoped it would be, and it also we don't stay at the same job for 30, 40 years. We're much more transient than people were years ago. You need to be saving for yourself. And that long-term bucket, whether it be 401k or whatever the account might be that you're saving in, is critical to your long-term financial success. So you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth, our coaching series. We'll catch up with you on the next program. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. 2019-80813.